to bring you this important message. For those of you who don't know me, my name is W.C. Turk. I'm a published author, a war photographer, a playwright with three critically acclaimed plays, an artist, and a former talk radio host with 10 uncompromising years in Chicago radio. In January, I transitioned to podcasting. Throughout that 10-year career, I have adhered to professional and journalistic standards, a commitment I carry over into my Playtime podcast, Covering the Arts. Broadcasters, whether on the radio, television, streaming, or in print, have a responsibility to clarify that line between truth and opinion. It doesn't matter if the platform reaches 10 or 10 million. Simply having that platform is a privilege and a responsibility because it carries weight in the minds and hearts of the public. This is and is not specifically about Joe Rogan. It is and it is not about media, truth, and Spotify. Let me explain. We live in an age in which truth has become a negotiable concept. Factual subsets diluted and polluted by well-crafted opinion paraded as truth. The Nazi propagandist Joseph Goebbels would have loved the power and vast, seemingly limitless wealth that this media wields today. Simply for the purpose of selling and manipulating you. We are divided by alternate and competing realities. The creation of those realities is not a mistake. It's not symptomatic of a great ideological divide in our nation. It is purposeful. Antagonized through the prism of our so-called and all-too-subjective individual truths. Your individual truth is not my individual truth. Therein begins our negotiation and discovery. But that great divide between us, between our truths, offers ample opportunity for abuse and intrusion by bad actors in our culture. You must know that more and more your individual truth is increasingly polluted by lawyeristic political extremes. Which begs the question, is your truth actually your own? Formed by think tank wolves in sheep's clothing and political, even religious, ideologues, and proliferated through talk radio and opinion-filled news programming, we are increasingly besieged on all sides by these thought shepherds. The tag at the opening of the Charlie Kirk show describes their self-promoting and self-profiting hubris. Quote, every day there is a battle for your mind. A righteous response to that should be, how dare you occupy even an inch of my sovereign and free mind? Who gives you the right to declare your battlefield in my heart and my mind or those of my neighbors? Instead, we have allowed these profiteering hate messengers to parcel us all into ranks, building us into their good little political and perverted cannon fodder. Joe Rogan is not the disease, but he is a symptom of the disease. He is a symptom of the disease of mass manipulation on an individual scale your scale, your mind, your heart. The short-sleeved, backwards, ball-capped wearing rocker with the microphone portraying a cowboy lughead intellect is a market creation. Unlike Joe Rogan or even Neil Young with millions of dollars, lawyers, brand managers, market staffs, I am like many, many thousands of small podcasters exhausting 
every discretionary dime on platform subscription fees and the few pennies we can scrape together, perhaps for marketing. I don't have fixers, brokers, or production staff. Every listener, every download of my program is a blessing, but it is the small podcaster who is crushed beneath the ill-considered battle of these media and celebrity titans. And just to be clear, this isn't about free speech, COVID, or Spotify either. The advantage of podcasting via internet streaming over radio is that streaming allows broadcasters the ability to see everyone who is listening. Joe Rogan, according to reports, garners about 10 million views to his podcast. These are impressive numbers. Is Rogan pandering? Targeting? Is he purposely misleading? Is he misleading at all? Is he misinforming out of ignorance? or purposely choosing controversial guests, or is it a cynical attempt to garner the broadest possible audience? I hate him, but I just can't stop listening. But that places the responsibility on us, the listener. But just as the numbers can make a podcast, they can also break a podcast. Ask the question, what is Rogan's 10 million plus audience finding that keeps them tuning in? It's not for lack of content, Long gone are the three dominant networks, or even cable television. Maybe it's the play character of, I'm just an average guy like you, asking the questions that are on your mind. Is that the persona of a responsible broadcaster, or a shrewd millionaire celebrity businessman? Maybe hardly anyone actually even listens, but they just like the tonal quality of Rogan's voice. Or maybe it really is about the t-shirt and ball cap and the regular guy persona in opposition to the well-suited John Oliver or Stephen Colbert, for example. But to expect and demand my ideological adherence, making me choose sides in a battle between towering titans, only makes those driving those demands a bully. And that is what has happened. I was asked, even pressured, into dropping Spotify for my dozens, hundreds, or even one listener and download. And that is patently unfair. If it was about making a stand, I would sympathize. But it's not about that at all, because they're not going after the root of the problem, the disease, the media consolidation. It's unfair. And as a public, we're taking shots at soft targets because by purposeful design, they have so eroded our communities and boiled us down to our individual truths that we can no longer fight as a community against those things which benefit us all, while ignoring the real issue. And that's fairness. Fairness in our media, fairness in our perspectives, fairness in our viewpoints. But through media consolidation, We've allowed these behemoth corporate entities to take over the public airwaves, which should reflect the public, not left, not right, not center, but all of them in a true marketplace of ideas. Not black, not white, not Hispanic, not Asian, not Christian, not Muslim, but all perspectives equally. And all of those perspectives should have equal access to that media. Again, the public media. Your public media. And make no mistake, political parties, media entities, your cell phone provider, your internet provider, spend billions of dollars to get inside of your head and learn how to manipulate you. 
Here are the inside facts about media and talk radio. You may note the calmness and quietness in my voice. Media is supposed to be about information, not about circus. But we've abdicated our role as informer in favor of the circus. We shout to rob you of the ability to think on your own and for yourself. If only by the last election numbers, at least half of the nation or the nation's voters are Democrat, liberal, or left-leaning, or at the very least centrist in their views, and decided to choose a Democrat. Yet virtually nowhere in the media are there any liberal voices. Stephanie Miller and Tom Hartman, the two most popular liberal talk shows, progressive talk show hosts in the country, are only on about a hundred stations, despite half the country being Democrat, again, by sheer voting numbers alone. WABC runs Mark Levin, Charlie Kirk, Sebastian Gorka, Sean Hannity, and many others, but there are no liberal or progressive talk shows on those stations. Going by the Nielsen numbers, the Nielsen rating numbers, if Sean Hannity, who is on almost 900 stations around the country, not because he's so popular, but because there's a proliferation of an ideological viewpoint, message saturation, in other words, by the media. Again, the numbers, 50-50. Right? If Stephanie Miller and Tom Hartman, if this was all only about ratings, Stephanie Miller's numbers and Tom Hartman's numbers adjusted for that 850 station reach that we have with Sean Hannity, for example, would have a 24% higher rating. That should give you pause every time you hear anyone on the right blame the liberal media. So I guess in the end, this is about Joe Rogan and why you keep tuning in. He has a message and people are buying that message. It is important to ask yourself why they are buying that message, but it is also imperative to ask how that message is crafted and becomes so seductive to reach so many people. We've seen the proliferation of people like Alex Jones, contradictory, hate-filled, insane screeds calling the child victims of Sandy Hook actors just belies the cruelty and the manipulation of modern day media. But you choose what to listen and what not to listen to. But understand that the pressures are massive. According to psychcom.net, schizophrenia occurs in about 1.1% of the population of the United States, or around 3 million Americans, with an additional 100,000 diagnosed annually. Given the state of this nation's mental health resources and mental health care availability, not to mention affordability, those numbers may be low. Paranoid schizophrenia is considered the most common subtype of this chronic disorder. The average age of onset is late adolescence to early childhood, usually between between 18 and 30. It is highly unusual for schizophrenia to be diagnosed after age 45 or before age 16. Onset in males typically occurs earlier in life than in females. The paranoia in paranoid schizophrenia stems from delusions, firmly held beliefs that persist despite evidence to the contrary, and hallucinations, seeing or hearing things that others do not. 
Someone with active paranoid schizophrenia is consumed by their delusions and hallucinations. The vast majority of their energy and attention is focused on keeping to and protecting their falsely held beliefs or perpetual distortions. The Mayo Clinic says that while it is not known what causes schizophrenia, researchers believe that a combination of genetics, brain chemistry, and environment contributes to the development of the disorder. Problems with certain natural occurring brain chemicals, including neurotransmitters called dopamine and glutamate, may contribute to schizophrenia. Neuroimaging studies show differences in the brain structure and central nervous systems of people with schizophrenia. While researchers aren't certain about the significance of these changes, they indicate that schizophrenia is a brain disease. Now, with the extraordinary stress of the last several years, not to mention the social and political trauma of the September 11, 2001 attacks, plus an ever-building cacophony of thought-stealing media from streaming devices, social media, and the like, are we facing a national traumatization and mounting stressors which are leading us to national and individual overload. Up to 70% of returning veterans experience symptoms of PTSD. These individuals fall within the peak range for the onset of schizophrenia. PTSD with psychosis may occur for several reasons, i.e. trauma increases one's risk of schizophrenia and PTSD. Patients with schizophrenia have a higher incidence of PTSD and may present with the characteristic psychotic symptoms overlapping with psychosis in schizophrenia. From a February 2015 article at mentalhealthdaily.com titled, At What Age Is the Brain Fully Developed?, a consensus of neuroscientists agree that brain development likely persists at least until the mid-20s, possibly until the 30s, the so-called Gen Z and millennial generations. And yet, everything from Snapchat to talk radio Advertising to evangelism, the military to entertainment prioritizes outreach to this very demographic. Certainly, it is about money, but the way that money and influence inserts itself into the sovereignty of our minds and decision-making would have once been thought monstrous and insidious. This, from NeuroscienceMarketing.com. Quote, Dopamine-driven marketing sounds scary, but it's more common than one might expect. Dopamine is a key element in the brain's reward system, and when marketers trigger that system, they can reinforce behavior and create positive associations. Ads that make consumers solve simple puzzles can have this effect. The dopamine kicker can also be generated using one of the hotter trends in marketing and other forms of behavior modification called gamification. Dopamine is the brain's reward system, once triggered by love, a hug, pride in recognition. Now it is a tool within your brain used by marketers and manipulators to steer you towards a product or belief system or an ideology, bypassing, even hijacking your innate thought and decision-making process. Recall, dopamine was indicated as one of the neurotransmitters involved with schizophrenia. And what happens when the lunatics run the asylum? Perhaps we've solved the institutional issue of those suffering mental distress after all. That is, by making the entire nation an institution. I thank you for listening and hope you'll agree that the solution lies in our own ability to choose what we support and what we do not support in media. And I hope you'll keep listening to my podcast about the arts. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.